Good morning. She's getting a lot more used to walking up here. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. She said she had an announcement, so we'll just wait on her to have an announcement, right? But it's so good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Amen? Good to see everybody back. If you have a bulletin, can you grab that bulletin? I want to point out a few things to you this morning. So if you have a bulletin, if you don't, you can go grab one. Um, but I want to point out to you, we have an app now. We have a church app, and it says download it now, the New, ha- New Hope Church app, through the App Store, through the Apple Store, or through Google Play. Um, so you need to, to uh, follow those instructions and do that. We also have offering plates at the front and the back. We're not going to pass around the offering plate, but we do have a little box right here that you can place your offering in. Also, there is a box at the front and at the back for... Um, Pregnancy Resource Center. They need all things you need if you are pregnant and you're expecting and all that good stuff so you know what they need. And uh, she got the mic off now, so she might start singing. If she does start singing, I'm not responsible for what she sings. Okay? It could or could not be church appropriate. Just want to tell you that. Also, um, there is a children's church worker schedule on my office door. Um, so you need to check that out. If you have mentioned to me that you'd like to work in children's church, or if you would, please see me. But if you've mentioned that, I've, I've tried to put your name in there and have a rotation system, so check that door. Also, tonight we are going full schedule, so we will have everything at 6 o'clock, adult Bible study, um, children and youth will all meet tonight. I believe that's all the announcements that we have. If I forgot any, you can look at your bulletin and, uh, and see what we do have. But uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. You want to pray? She said no. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Father, we know that there's countries uh, across this world that can't do this. And Father, we take it for granted. And Father, we thank you for sending your son for us. And Father, we pray that the ones that are here this morning, may somebody have showed up today that doesn't know you. And today will be their day of salvation. Or, Father, the ones that will tune in this morning or that will tune in later whenever it's convenient for them, Father, we pray that if they don't know you, they will come to know you somehow, some way. And, Father, we thank you for all the activities that we've got on our schedule coming up. And, Father, we just pray that you are glorified in everything that we do. We thank you. We praise you. All this in your name. Amen.
Amen. Indeed, God is good. All the time, God is good. Amen. Amen. Praise God for His goodness today. What a blessing today has been. Uh, man, to see everybody here today, oh my goodness, this is, this is great. This is awesome. This is incredible. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you've had a, a blessed day in your small group time this morning. Amen. You know, I, I loved hearing the sweet sound of the side door slamming shut this morning. Wham! 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 Because every time it slammed shut, it meant another family was coming into the house of the Lord. Amen? And what a, what a great day that is. Going back to the, the, the psalm that I, that I shared during the prayer, Psalm 82, verses one, 84, verses 1 and 2, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Amen. Welcome, welcome back. Has your heart been yearning for God? Has your heart been yearning to, uh, for some normalcy in church? Has your heart been yearning to gather back together? Aren't you glad we're back today? It just feels right, doesn't it? it just, I was listening to the radio on the way up here this morning and, and some lady said you know I've, I've been I've been watching online forever and ever and said I didn't you know I just got used to doing it at home and watching it at home and she said but then I had to go back to church and 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 have worship in church and she said I, I had to go back because I was on staff <laughs> but she said oh my goodness what a I didn't realize how much I missed it just to be amongst the other believers and to be encouraged and and, and fellowship with one another. Indeed, it just feels right, doesn't it? Imagine, if you will, the, uh, the disciples after the resurrection, all the turmoil that had taken place, the resurrection Sunday even, and, and they all gathered back together after being apart. Man, I'm sure it felt good for them. I mean, think about everything that had taken place on Thursday and and their meal with Jesus on Thursday and Friday, seeing Jesus hung from a tree, nailed to a tree, and died, to see, a, to see Him taken down and placed in a tomb, knowing that He was dead. And then Sunday morning, Sunday morning came, and there was rumor, there was word, have it, that, that Jesus was alive. What? <laughs> you got to be crazy. you got to be kidding me. Jesus, we saw Him. He was dead, right? And so... The resurrection of Jesus had baffled everybody that day and for days to come. You know, that weekend, all the talk was about the crucifixion of Jesus and, and what had happened that week, the, the week of the crucifixion, the week before Easter. But man, think of all the stories that took place the week after Easter, okay? And all the tests. I saw him, I saw him. Yeah, I talked to him. He's alive. And so even though he was alive, Still, people were, were, were trying to process all this and, and, and put it together. I was watching a, a video that, that we're going to show on, on a Sunday night in a couple of weeks. But, you know, we think about the Bible and we, we think about the, the disciples and we see the, all the teaching and, and, and how we can look back and say, man, how did, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they see? I mean, they had the Old Testament. They saw all the writings. Everything alluding to him and, 
and prophesying about him. And in that, in that video, he made a comment that, that these were people that were trying to process everything that was going on. They were trying to, to, to make their Jewish faith work into the faith of Christ. And so even the church that we have today was born out of the Jewish tradition. And a lot of things that we do as a church today is because of our Jewish roots. And so as the disciples lived with Jesus and, and they were processing all of this every day, trying to put it together. But then at the resurrection, when the resurrection happens, remember last week we, it, it said that... Uh, Cleopas and, and his uh, friend, Jesus, opened their eyes so that they could see and realize who he was. And so all this time, the, the, the followers of Jesus were trying to make two and two equals four. You know, they were adding it up and getting three and five. But after the resurrection, it all came together. They were startled. Think about this, when they were... And they were met back together. Again, they were thinking, Jesus hanging on the cross, the spear thrust in his side and put in a, in a tomb. And now, and now the, the, the tomb was empty, the grave clothes were, were set aside, and what they were seeing and experiencing just didn't add up. They couldn't, they couldn't make sense of it. They were startled and confused. They were in a state of, probably in a state of, of state of shock or, or unbelief. Yes, they expected him to die. They knew he died on the cross. But they didn't expect this. They didn't, they, Jesus was dead and now he's alive? Really? How? What's going on? What's going on with all this? How is this happening? And so their heads were probably swarming with different thoughts and emotions going on with all that had happened. They were just trying to work it out and make sense of the resurrection. Remember last week in Luke chapter 24, if you will, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Remember last week we, we had the story where Jesus comes alongside Cleopas and, and his friend as they're on their road of uh, the road to Emmaus on their way home. And Jesus had planned on going further, but they invited him in. Remember last week we said that Jesus will never force himself on you. He will only come with us. He will only dine with us. He will only be with us if we invite him. These folks invited him in. They invited him in and had, had a meal with them. And, and, and Scripture says that when he broke the bread with them, their eyes were opened. Because they were remembering back what they, the Passover meal. And they remembered the words of Jesus and the actions of Jesus. And so everything they're thinking about is they're, they're working on their memory here. And he breaks the bread. And their eyes are open. And at that point, they're, they're like, that's Jesus. And just as they realize that, he's gone. He dis says he disappeared from their sight. What do they do? You see, they realized that that was Jesus. And they'd made their seven-mile trek from Jerusalem to Emmaus. 
Well, it was time to head back to Jerusalem. It says they left immediately, got up and, and headed back to Jerusalem to tell all the disciples and everybody else there that they had seen Jesus, that He was alive, that He's the real deal, that He is the Messiah, that He is alive today. Amen. And so that's where we pick up in our story today. In, in Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse 36 through 49, it says, While they were still talking about this, Jesus Himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened. I can't imagine so. Thinking they had seen a ghost. And He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and, and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, they still did not believe it because of the joy and amazement. And he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds. He opened their minds so they could understand the Scripture. And he told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sin will be, uh, will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are my witness of these things. I am going to send you what the Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Again, Jesus shows Himself and... They still don't get it. They, they still don't know. Their eyes are deceiving them, they, they think. They, they can't believe what they see with their eyes. And the only way to make sense of what they, what they were seeing, it says in verse 37 that they, they had seen a ghost. As Jesus stood before His disciples, He understood their confusion. He understood their, their unbelief. Let me remind you today that, that whatever you're going through, if you're in a confused state of mind of things going on in your life, trying to make heads and tails of everything going on, Jesus understands. Jesus understands. He understood the disciples. He, he understood their need to process this, this life-altering experience that, that they had just witnessed, that they had just encountered. So what he does is he allows them by using all of their senses to understand the resurrection for themselves. And we see that in this passage here. They needed to hear from God. They needed to hear from Jesus. They needed to, to, to hear His voice. We know people by their voice, don't we? Don't we? Somebody calls me on the phone. I say, hello, you know, Sometimes people say, hey, this is somebody. Or, but a lot of times, 
we just know each other, don't we? And we start in on a conversation. My dad's been gone for six years now. Going on six years. And I promise you one thing, if he were to call me right now, I would know it. I would know his voice. When my wife calls, I know her voice. When my daughters call, I know their voice. When friends call, I know their voice. Jesus was their friend. And they knew His voice. They had spent three years with Him. And so they were familiar. They, they understood who He was. They understood His voice. And so when Jesus speaks to him in verse 36, He says, Peace. Peace be with you. And oh, I'm sure that that sound, the sound of his voice was comforting in itself. But the words, peace. He was sending them peace into their hearts to be comforted to know that it was him, that it was truly Jesus Christ. They certainly needed peace, didn't they? They needed the peace in their hearts in light of everything that had happened that weekend and, and that day and to, to begin to put together and understand that this really, really was Jesus in their presence. And so he spoke to them and they, they heard his voice. And then he, he said, look at me. Use your eyes. Look at me. And so they looked at him. They, 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 they knew it was him. But remember verse 37, they thought he was a ghost. But what does he say in verse 39? He says, look at my hands and look at my feet. It's me. He wanted them to touch him. This is a ghost, they think. Uh, can, you know, can, can you put your... Yeah, I'm going to touch him. <laughs> but they did. They, they, they touched him. And they realized that, that he was indeed real. So go ahead, touch me. You see, Jesus got it. Touch is an is a intimate act, isn't it? When you, when you touch someone, even to, to offer a handshake to someone, you know, you're, you're, you're making a connection with somebody. You're stepping beyond yourself and putting yourself together with another person. And so here Jesus says, go ahead and, and touch me. It, it says, Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. I have flesh and bones, he says. You know, we think about a ghost. We think about uh, Ghostbusters or Casper the Ghost or something like that. And, and they don't have bones and flesh, do they? They can't eat, can they? But Jesus says, I want to eat. I want you to touch me. I want you to feel me. I want you to see that, that, I, am, that I am real. And so in their uncertainty, they... They touched him. It was starting to click with them. They were beginning to, uh, to make the connections, but not completely. Yes, they had, they had seen him and they had heard him and they had, they had touched him, but they still weren't sold yet. Jesus didn't want to leave any question in their mind. So Jesus encourages them to taste and, and smell. He asked him for something to eat in verse 41 through 43. It says, do you have anything here to eat? 
Now, like I said, ghosts don't typically eat, do they? You wouldn't see the, the food going down, would you? Jesus says, I'm not a ghost. I have flesh and blood. Now let me eat. He says, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a, pa- a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. When we share a meal together, it allows us to understand each other in a different way. It allows us to understand each other on on a deeper level. Relationships grow grow stronger when we spend time like that over a meal. Think of of the, the discussions you've had around your family dinner table. Some have been good, some not so good. Some have been joyful, some have been sorrowful. Some have been about medical tests and testing this year about the disease and the virus, the vaccine. There have been conversations about the financial steps that we need to take or not take. Maybe the relationships of each other or people in your family. Or maybe it was just to recap the day to each other. Hey, what happened to your day? at your day? You know, we at, at Moe's school, we're you know we we're used to hearing all the stories that she has to tell. Man, she's had some crazy stories to tell this year. Okay, you have your stories that you talk about over the dinner table. Unfortunately, many of our meals today are are done done hurriedly around a steering wheel, running from place to place, not sitting down and and spending that time together. But here Jesus was, you might say, at the kitchen table with His disciples. I wonder how many meals they shared together as they were with each other for three years. The conversations that they had. I I wonder how many times they ate this broiled fish together. How many times they they sat around the fire and shared a meal together and just reflected on the events of the day. Talking about the feeding of the 5,000, healing the paralytic, allowing the blind to see, the demons cast out. Just the general travels of the day. He allowed them to utilize their their sense of smell. Do you have a special? Do you, do, do you have a, a a smell that that sends your mind back to the past? When you have a the smell of something, does your mind automatically go back to something? Man, and on hot summer afternoons and a freshly cut grass, mine goes back to the football field. Or maybe it's, maybe it's that smell that I have that puts me back at the truck stop or in the weave room at Millikan's. Or maybe for you it's the fresh rain on a hot summer day. And the steam comes up off the asphalt. Maybe it's that that takes you back to your childhood. Maybe it's the scent of a flower or cologne of someone that 
that's very special to you. It takes you back to a special occasion or a special place. The disciples, as they were gathered around eating with Jesus, you had the smell of the fire and the fish and the smoke as they ate together. And so all of this was, was working together as they continued to connect the dots. And so he had, Jesus had used all of their, their senses to help them understand, but then He even uses their mind. It says in verse 44 through 47, it says, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And it says in verse 45, Then He opened their minds. Remember last week He opened their eyes so that they could see and understand. Here it says He, he, he opened their minds so that they could understand the Scripture. Remember last week he, Jesus uh, taught the Scriptures to Clopas and, and his friend. He enlightened them about the prophecies and Moses and the, and the Psalms and all that. He does the same thing here. He said, I opened their, he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in His name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. And so He did everything that He did. He touched every sense that they had. He, he involved their mind. You see, He wanted to be certain. He wanted them to be certain and without question that, that He was alive and that He was and that He is and that He always will be the Messiah. Amen? He wanted to make sure they received Him as their Lord. He wanted to make sure everybody, He wanted to make sure every one of us receives Him. And this evidence is, was, was given for them, but also for us, so that we might believe too. Amen. So what does all this mean? How do we make sense of the resurrection? Well, if He's risen from the dead, then He is alive. Amen? And if He's alive, it means that everything Jesus promised will happen. And so if everything in your life seems to be falling apart, you can't make sense of it all like we said a moment ago, if Jesus is alive, there's still hope. There's still hope for what you're going through. There's still hope for eternity. There's still hope in an ever eternal life. If, he, if He's alive, it means Jesus is reigning. Our risen Lord and Savior is just that, Lord and Lord of lords, Lord of all. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And nothing can stop the Lord from accomplishing His plans. Amen. The resurrection means our sins has been paid in full. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the perfect Lamb, Jesus Christ, was sacrificed. He shed His blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin, and God raised Him on the third day so that we could have that hope of eternal life. Amen? And that resurrection of Jesus 
demonstrates his authority over death and the grave and sin. And death no longer has a claim on Jesus. Amen. And because of that, we have hope. And because he conquered death, death can no longer claim a payment from him. He can no longer demand that wages be paid for our sin because Christ conquered death. The resurrection means that, that He will make everything new. He will bring about a new world. He will make everything perfect again for those who call on Him as Lord. There'll be no more sickness or disease, no more death or dying, no more pain or, or illness or sorrow or sadness. Praise God for that. Listen to what C.S. Lewis wrote. Speaking of Jesus, he said, He is the first fruit, the pioneer of life. I love that. He is the pioneer of life. He's forced open the door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has bet, fought, and beaten the king of death, and everything is different because he's done so. Amen. Praise God for that. The resurrection provides us with a high priest. Folks, Jesus is nearest. The Holy Spirit is nearest within us. He hears us. He sympathizes with us. He understands life as a human because he indeed was fully human and fully God. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen. Because of the resurrection, we have the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, as God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all His witness of it, exalted to the right hand of God, He has received the Father, He has received from the Father the, prom the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. In John chapter 14, verse 26, he said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. You see, through the resurrection, we're able to, uh, to have a relationship with the triune God, God Almighty, the God of, the God of creation. And the Holy Spirit brings us into the presence of God the Father. We worship Him. Because He's alive, we have hope. We have hope in all the promises that He made. Because if He can conquer death, He can accomplish His plans. He can fulfill the promises that He made. And we have the hope of eternal life. The psalmist wrote, Come and Taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. Be the woman that reached out and touched the hem of his garment in faith. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that we are the aroma of Christ to God and to spread the fragrance of Him everywhere. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple. What does all this mean for us? How do we make sense of the resurrection? Well, it means we're to, we're to be His witnesses everywhere we go. You're probably familiar with the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's Matthew's version of the Great Commission. Mark has one. Luke has one found in this passage too. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47 and 48, it says, Repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning here in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And so it means when, when Jesus becomes our Lord, we receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 48, it says, You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what the, my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with the power on high, until you've been clothed with the Holy Spirit. And all believers receive this Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, we are all to be His witnesses everywhere we go. So what does all this mean? It means we can have our sins forgiven, praise God. We can have hope for the future, but we can have the Holy Spirit for today. We have the guarantee that Jesus is coming again and will ultimately make everything new again. Amen? Praise God. And He's done all of that because He loves you, because He loves me. He's done all of that because He loves each one of us, because He wants to spend eternity with, with me and you. He wants, Jesus' love is, is absolutely amazing. It's incomparable. It's, it's without limits. And folks, you too can experience this love, this forgiveness, and the hope of Jesus simply by confessing your sin, by, by changing of your worldly ways and following after after Jesus and following His teachings and allowing Him to be your Lord and your Savior. Will you be His witness today? Will you be His witness tomorrow? For we have the promises of forgiveness. We have the hope of eternal life. And He loves us and wants us to be His forever and ever. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we... Claim your promises today, your, the promises found in your word, the promise of, of forgiveness of sin, the promise of salvation, the promise of eternal life. Because you conquered death, because you revealed yourself in a real way to, 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 to people of the time, to the disciples, to over 500 people that saw you at different times, in different places, they heard you, they spoke to you, they ate, they ate with you all to make sure that they knew that you were the Messiah 
and to pass that on down to us so that we could know that you are the Messiah, that you are God's one and only Son, that you are alive, that you are reigning and ruling on the throne today, and that you are coming back to take us home to be with you. Father, we praise your holy name today. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. We indeed confess our sins to you. God, whatever we're dealing with in this world, the distractions of this life, God, we pray that you would give us the power, work with us, help us, Lord, to turn from those strongholds in our life to live in a way that's following you more closely every day. Lord, you are our Savior and our Lord. We want to live for you today and forevermore. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.